Friends, before we get to the podcast, I want to make you aware of a free event hosted by United We Pray in a couple of weeks. We will be hosting Dr. Jarvis Williams, Associate Professor of New Testament Interpretation, for an evening to think about redemptive kingdom diversity. He'll be speaking, and we'll be recording a live episode of the podcast with him. It's very exciting. This event is free, but registration is required. Please see the link in our show notes for more information and let friends in the Birmingham area know about it. Grace and peace. Jasmine, is it terribly hot in Mississippi like it is in Birmingham? It's so hot. It's so hot down here. It's ridiculous. I had I moved some plants outside to get some more sun, and I went out to check on them today, and they were literally scorched. That's what my wife would be laughing. We've we've sent a couple to their grave by uh, yes. just pure scorching. Yes. Isaac didn't tell me about this Alabama heat before he talked us into moving down here, so I am deeply resentful. <laughs> it's That's rough. Fair. It's That's rough. fair. Yeah. They call it the Deep South for a reason, don't they? Oh, yeah. Thanks for that, then. Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians pray and think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts, joined today by Isaac Adams. Hello! Boring, normal, and exciting... Jasmine Holmes. Hi. Uh, Jasmine is a wife, mother, speaker, and author. Her book, Carved in Ebony, is available now. We will link to that in the show notes and check our social media platforms because we'll be giving away some copies of that in the coming week. Uh, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about, so I apologize if this feels a little bit all over the place, but let's let's start with the book. Can you tell us why you wanted to write Carved in Ebony? Yeah. In 2020, I wrote a book called Mother to Son, and one of the chapters was about representation and how important it is in the body of Christ. I mentioned some Christian figures from history in the chapter just in passing, and it was one of the most commented on parts of the book when people would say, like, I loved it, I read it, but like, do you have any more information about Mariah Fearing, or do you have any more information about, I think I mentioned um, George Lyle, like, and... I wanted to have an answer to that question, and I couldn't really find one that was accessible, not from the academy, just kind of on a popular level. And I was talking to somebody about that, and they were like, well, why don't... (laughs) Well, you're a writer, so why don't you? And at Mm. first I was like, "Ah, I'm not a historian, but I am a a teacher. I was a teacher for nine years, and a lot of my professional life has been being a research assistant. And so I just kind of took the teacher and the research assistant and the storytelling parts that I love, and that's how it was born. Well, that expertise clearly comes through. And I wanted to talk to you about history. I appreciate your work on history. And as I think about black history and how it's often taught or badly taught, I think sort of of these three categories. So one, it's not taught or it's ignored. Two would be that it's taught in a way that focuses only on the harm done to black communities. So it's really taught as a history of what other groups have done to black people. Or three, it's whitewashed in a way that minimizes the harm done to black communities. Yeah. So do you think, do you see those kind of patterns? I definitely do. And I think one of the um, finer points that I like to put on my work is even though 
you know, we do talk about racism. We do talk about white supremacy because unfortunately they are an immovable part of what it means to be black in America. Um, emphasis on the word part. And I think sometimes, you know, we can forget that it's a part. And so we just don't have the conversation at all, or it becomes the whole instead of a part. And our focus is merely on the damage that white supremacy has done and not on the enduring faith and the tenacity of um, black Americans. That's so good. And just striking that balance, I mean, it seems like it would be really hard to do to both acknowledge the harm and highlight the faith, as you say, and the perseverance of black saints and historical figures. I mean, just well done on that. And we appreciate your approach so much. I wanted to kind of pivot next into how that work has been received across audiences. So like you're not doing this work on history in a vacuum. You're writing books, you're putting things out there, uh, you know, in the hopes that people will read it. So can I just ask you, how has that been for you as a black woman advocating for black history, particularly to evangelical Christians? Has that been encouraging, discouraging, some kind of mix of the two? Overall encouraging. I, I have gotten a couple of comments um, from people who are like, is there going to be a carved in ivory? Are we going to talk about white Christian figures who have? And I'm just like, nah. My answer, my answer is always like, you can write that. <laughs> I think it's already been done. But if you mm. want to do it again, you can mm. write it. Um, but really, it's been overwhelmingly positive, especially like I said, I wrote another book uh, in 2020 that was a little bit more more controversial um, to to people and, and, and its reception at times. And so this has felt very like this is these are just stories that I want to share and stories that I want to tell that I'm really passionate about. And I find that that's a really disarming way to approach these conversations. I want to hop in with one question. Jasmine, this is really kind of author to author. Uh, and a question I wish I'm often asked on podcasts. It's, but it's I'll just pitch it to you. You can do with it what you will. What is your favorite sentence in the book or favorite paragraph or page or just like, I got really excited. And I know these are different profiles, so I'm not asking you to pick one person as That's opposed to hard. others. I know it's a hard question, but I just wondered if you're like, oh, this got me jazzed. I, so my favorite part of writing is actually the research part. Hmm. So for Sarah G. Stanley's chapter, I really, really needed a specific book to find her letters because there's not even any pictures of this woman and her letters are only in one volume. And mm. I really knew that if I wanted to write the chapter, I wanted to find this particular letter where she tells, so she's this missionary teacher to the South, to the formerly enslaved, but she's white passing. And so when she encounters racism, sometimes she, she encounters it towards herself and sometimes she encounters it towards other people in her vicinity, you know, who, wow. who don't know who she is. And so there's this one time where this teacher doesn't want to room with her because she finds out that she's black. And she's like, this is ridiculous. She writes a letter to the powers that be. And she says that this person is in league with the devil and needs to relearn the ABCs of the gospel. Mm. And I was like, I have to have this letter. I need this mm. letter. And so when it showed up at my house, I... I cried. I mm. cried so hard. And my husband was like, are you? I, I'm not really, a, I'm not a crier. Um, and so he's like, what is everything okay? But I was just <laughs> so excited that I had this rare book and I had this letter. And that's probably the most memorable part of the book. And I think that's when I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, this is something that I'm really passionate about. Bless the Lord. That's exactly what I was looking for. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I, I wanted to ask you this because as I thought about folks we've had on and folks we've talked to, it, it seems like you might have one of the widest online followings in terms of folks from the ideological or theological left and right paying attention to what you're doing. Do you feel like you have expectations imposed on you from various groups who want you to take specific positions on certain topics? I think so. I mean, it definitely comes more from my conservative followers because of my background. Um, I find that my followers from a more like, the word is so overused, but I think you know what I mean. A more liberal leaning background or like, oh, you know, she's at the end of the day, she's an evangelical. So there's only so much we're going to expect from her. <laughs> but um, I feel like the evangelical crowd can take the exact opposite approach and be like, you're one of us. Like you have to make sure that you're doing these dog whistles and you have to make sure that you're, you know, letting people know where you stand on every issue all the time. And so when I first got online, I would always get so many questions about like women's roles and can women be preachers? Can, can, um, should we send our kids to public school? Should we, and, and they were all these things that I wasn't talking about, but that were kind of litmus tests for, for people in kind of that Christian space. Like before you could have an opinion on other things, we mm -hmm. want to make sure that you think exactly like us on, on these other 10 things. Yes, totally. And how do folks respond when they're disappointed with you or you don't take the position you want, they want you to take or anything like that? A lot of times they get disappointed because I won't take a position. So one of my things that I'm really passionate about is boundaries. <laughs> I talk a lot about boundaries on my platform. And and one of my favorite things to do when I get a barrage of the same question over and over again is to just, I mean, I just say like, hey, this is not what I really want to talk about. And this is not really what this platform is about. And there are some great platforms that talk about this particular thing. Like you can, the, the wonderful thing about social media is that you can find somebody who's talking about whatever niche you want to get into. Um, but I'm, that's not what I'm doing over here. We did an episode a month or so ago about social media and how ugly and toxic so-called Christian social media can be. Some of our favorite people like Ray Ortland or Jackie Hill Perry have moved off of social media or at least off of some platforms. Can you tell us why you've chosen to stay on them? Yeah, I think um, Ray and Jackie both moved off of Twitter, which is a really hard place to be. I So I love how Isaac, like every day, he's like, hey, we're one day closer to heaven. Like I'll be scrolling <laughs> and I'll see all kinds of crazy stuff happening on Twitter. And then like without fail, Isaac's like, we're one day. And I'm like, this is a really good reminder in the midst of everything that's happening online mm. right now. So on Twitter, I'm not very engaged for kind of the same reasons. I just, it, it's too much and I get down the rabbit hole really easily and I get kind of caught up and a lot of, there's just a different vibe on Twitter. I've, on Instagram, I feel like when people are on my page, it's because they want to be. You kind of have to seek out people on Instagram. People don't just kind of float across your timeline on Instagram as much. Um, suggested posts are really tailored towards you. So when people stumble upon my page, it's because they saw something interesting and felt like they wanted to pursue it. And so I do, I I just have a lot, a lot more peace on Instagram. And that's not to say that Twitter is a forsaken place, but for, I have high blood pressure. So I'm already, I don't want to have to up my medication. So I just, you know, I do what I have to do. That's real. Well, God bless you, sister. We thank the world of your work and hope you keep it up. And we are obviously here to support you in whatever ways we can. 
And if you don't mind now, Isaac solicited questions from listeners, so I'm going to turn it over to him and watch this thing go off the rails. <laughs> Thank you for that encouragement and endorsement, brother. Uh, Jasmine, before we get into our listeners' wonderfully edifying and useful questions, I have some that uh, are maybe not that. First, on a scale of one to extremely, how wonderful is Philip? Oh, double extremely. Nice, nice. I won't tell him you said that, but... Don't tell him. I, I So we both started our locks at the same time, our hair. Oh, yes. And so mine is like, I have for, I know, like listeners, this is like a cultural competency lesson, but my hair is coarser than Philip, so it is locking faster than mm -hmm. Philip. Philip has softer hair. Mm -hmm. And so our um, loctician, the woman who does our hair, every time we go and see her, she's like, um, so how's, how's Phil doing? And so to her, I'm like, oh, it looks so great. I love it. To him, I like walk out to his office and I'm like, your hair's not even locking. Like, you should just cut it off. I don't even know why. I don't even know why you copied me. I don't know why you have them up there. You look ridiculous. But then with her, like I'm scrolling, showing her pictures and going, mm -hmm. doesn't he look so good? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good watch. This is okay. Well, this is humbling because I thought I was kind of Philip's inspiration for locks, but I I mean, I, I'm sure you have that crown in his life. So I had to talk. Hey, it took it took a village because he was like, I don't I don't think. And I was like, no, I, I really do. I really think you should. It's a wonderful journey uh, and, and a tough one. I mean, I just found my loctician in Birmingham. This is a serious thing. So out of all the people I miss in Washington, D.C., number oh, one, I yeah. mean, there's whoever, Mark Dever, blah, 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 this person. But number one is my loctician. Okay, Man, thank you. especially in the D.C. area, I can imagine. Oh, she was good. But I found someone in Birmingham. My God, this, awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> lightning round, and then we'll get into useful questions, okay? Just one or the other. Ready? Okay. Crunchy or smooth? Crunchy. Black pen or blue pen? Black pen. Left hand or right hand? Okay, I'm right-handed, but I wish I was left-handed. <laughs> Interesting. When you eat an Oreo, do you twist it off and, you know, kind of break it? Or do you dunk it all at once and bite it? I twist it off. Surf or turf? Mm, surf. Okay, I think that's all my lightning round. Any, any you want to throw in there, Austin? No, I got nothing. Okay, here we go with listeners' uh, questions, folks who really appreciated your ministry for real, as we do. Your work, this is obviously um, in line with uh, the things Austin was talking about but i've heard you're working on a new black history calendar what does that include and why'd you feel it was necessary oh yeah i so i have a a website called carvedinebony.shop and at first philip and i kind of had it set up as a merch website so we would do like t-shirts and coffee mm -hmm. mugs based on our various like books podcasts whatever and i really i was a teacher for nine years and mm -hmm. i really missed the classroom so much. And um, the whole time I was a teacher, I never learned how to use Canva, which is so sad because now mm. that I'm not in the classroom anymore, I can make really good worksheets and things like that. And so mm. I do a lot of like free resources on the site and I wanted a black history calendar. And so I thought maybe somebody else wanted it. So I just got on my um, Canva and I made it. And this is something like our, we have a designer who takes my designs and um, makes them better, um, but she hasn't really touched this one yet. So if you download it, there will be an update that is prettier than what I've given you. But it's cool because every day that there's an event, there's also a link to a primary source where you can read about the event. That's, that's, I mean, I know 
I know if my wife was sitting here, she'd just be hitting me, being like, why haven't you gotten that? Give me all these United We Pray t-shirts, but not, not this amazing <laughs> calendar. Okay. Can you tell us about your Reading Everybody Black challenge? Yes. Oh, I like these questions. So a friend of mine, Sherea on Instagram and I, we started the Reading Everybody Black challenge with, it has 24 categories of different black books that we can, that you could read. So there's mm. like Black Boy Joy and Black Girl Magic. Mm. I, was like, I I read your book for my black theology um, mm. Pick. Bless the Lord. And yeah, I finished. So I'm a really fast reader and I read when I'm stressed. And mm. I just had a third child 10 months ago. So I have already finished the challenge twice. Um, mm. But it's made to last. Either you can do um, two books a month. So you can do the 24 challenge or you can choose 12 categories and read um, a book every month for the Reading Everybody Black Challenge. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm thrilled. uh and talking about race was uh, made the cut too. Thank it totally so, did. Bless you. Um, so you have two upcoming projects that I want to ask about. I know it can be tricky talking about upcoming projects. So you just share what you want. One, a young reader's edition of Carved in Ebony. And then a new book you're working on. Anything you want to, you can tell us about either of those. Yeah, I actually have. So the young reader's edition of Carved in Ebony. Normally when there's like a young reader's edition of a book, you team up with a young adult author or a teacher or somebody else to kind of who kind of takes your um, content from the adult book and crafts it into the young adult book. But because I am a middle school teacher at heart, it was just all me. Um, and so I just kind of rewrote the book. I wrote the stories in, in ways that I would like to teach the stories. And so it, wow. it has um, discussion questions included and it has further research you can do. Um, it's much less the regular version of it is has a lot of like personal stories from me the young readers version is much more of a hey if you're doing american history this is a cool book that you can kind of have along with what you're already doing um and then i have a book coming out in february called never cast out and it's about shame and the gospel and that's scary and that's happening in February. And then mm. I have another book that I'm writing right now and it's about um, how black abolitionists use the Imago Day to argue against slavery. Can't wait for that. My well, goodness. Austin, we're doing a lot of productive things with our lives, aren't we? You know, just yeah. sitting here on this podcast. <laughs> Homegirl's got <laughs> five books coming out. I, I think about this often and to commend you, Jasmine, you know, anybody can write a book. Anybody can do it. Your listener, you can write a book. Oh, yeah. It's writing a good book. That's the challenge. And Jasmine's yep. done that time and time again. So, I mean, I just commend you left and right, sis. Um, let me ask you two more questions, okay? And I appreciate one thing we need to throw in the show notes is the piece Jasmine wrote for United We Pray. I think it's called something like Big Big Story or My Part. In, oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's just a beautiful piece because I love that you've got this book coming out just about the gospel and shame that you're... That, of course, you were writing as a black woman affects and impacts. And I'm sure you'll even... Uh, use that perspective uh, mm -hmm. as you should, as the Lord has given it to you. But you do talk about more than just race. And just as you were saying, I am more than just black and I'm more than just a woman even. And sister, I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. Uh, so listeners, check out that piece. I think it's really valuable, really useful, and you honoring the ways the Lord has made you uh, and also not, I would just say, bowing to the, the box people would want to put you in or the culture would want to put you in. I appreciate that. Okay, Two more things. So in that vein, uh, you're also a mother. You mentioned you just had your third child. I have 
three under five. So uh, my locks are a little more gray <laughs> now, I think. How do you balance ministry and motherhood? A sister uh, I know and trust was was curious. How do you balance ministry and motherhood? Oh, I don't. I love that answer. Yeah, Keep going. I don't. It's it's always there. There's always it's like a seesaw, and mm-hmm. sometimes motherhood is like down on the ground and taking most of the weight of my time and energy, and deadlines are getting pushed back, and and that's just how it is. And then on, at other times, you know, ministry is the one that's taking the most weight, and I'm having help with my kids, and I'm having help with. But yeah, I this this book that I'm writing currently is the first book that I will have written where I have actual office hours. So I'm really excited because my other books have been written while I was pregnant or nursing Mm. or like sitting up in bed with morning sickness or Mm. so I'm like, oh, I'm going to, what is it going to be like to write a book at a desk? Like this is going to be really interesting. (laughs) Uh, Um, Maybe maybe, even less Maybe next year. Yeah, Yeah. maybe maybe less fun. I told Philip um, because the way that things are going to work out, I'm actually going to have four work days during the school year um, Mm -hmm. between my mother-in-law helping and the kids um, going to school and Montessori school. And I was like, I feel a lot of pressure because I'm actually going to have like work hours and I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, the the child is cheating. (laughs) So I have just been wearing him all day and I didn't get it. So now it's like, oh, I have to actually produce things. Okay. Bless you, sis. Bless you. Well, that gives us one way uh, to pray for you. I'm excited about those work hours. And let me just say before my next question, which is just how we can pray for you, if you want to think about that, and we'll turn to prayer. But just on the balance question, you know, that's a question, you know, folks, is like, how do you balance United We Pray and being a pastor, balance being a dad, blah, blah. And one mentor of mine said, you know, don't pursue balance, pursue faithfulness. Because mm. sometimes life is just going to be imbalanced. Like when I'm traveling, I'm sure, Jasmine, when you speak at places like, yeah, I'm in this hotel. This is, My life is imbalanced right now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't normally eat two fast food meals in a day or what, like this is all imbalanced. I think I'm being faithful to what the Lord had for me in speaking at this church or, you know, whatever, taking these, these hours of my day to write this book. And uh, yeah, I'm imbalanced when I got a two-year-old throwing up in the middle of the yes. night or whatever it is. But that's my life, and I'm trying to be faithful to it. And sister, you've just been a model of that. Any other ways we can... So praying for the new office hours venture and kind of even the pressures that come from, okay, I can't just shift this onto someone else now. Mm-hmm. Other ways we can be praying for you, your ministry? Um, Just, yeah, just faithfulness. I think mm. my, my biggest prayer request uh, today, I took my youngest to the doctor to, um, he has a a heart murmur, which is like a normal, that's totally Mm -hmm. normal, but Mm -hmm. we expect it to be closed a little bit more now. So he had to go get an echo today. So that's kind of what's been on my mind. Mm. Um, they think like he has no other signs of anything being wrong, except for when they listen to his heart, it kind of sounds off. So probably everything's fine, but it's just one of those things where it's like, nobody, I don't want to take my 10 month old to go get an echo. Like, of course, that's not, so that's just kind of, that's what I've been thinking about lately. Well, bless you, sis. And thank you for coming on the show with that going on. Jazz listeners, Jasmine's actually a repeat uh, guest. Uh, and we've had we've had her in the past and we love her voice. And uh, but I think the last time you were on, you had another kind of medical thing going on with the child. So I promise I, I hope bet. it's not I hope it's not mm-hmm. just when you're on United We Pray that these things <laughs> no. or well or else this has been a good final interview. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's do this. We got a lot to pray about then. So Jasmine, we just take anything that we've been talking about, any of the themes we've been talking about uh, and pray. So why don't we do this? Austin, why don't you begin? Uh, Jasmine, you 
you can pray after Austin and then I'll pray and close this out. Sounds good. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you so much for our sister Jasmine, for the ways you've gifted her, for the ways you're using her, the opportunities you've given her. Um, Lord, we just pray in our various ministries that we would pursue faithfulness, that we would do the work you've given us to do, do what's in front of us, uh, make that next faithful step and trust you with the results. Lord, we pray that her work would be widely read and used. We pray that you would bear much fruit from that. We pray that you would encourage her in it, uh, in the difficulties and balance. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, meet her in there and that she would find you faithful. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for um, Austin and Isaac and United We Pray. Thank you for this ministry and the encouragement that it is to the body of Christ. I pray that you would just continue to bless both of these brothers and um, bless their families and their endeavors, both here um, and in their churches and in other aspects of their professional life, Lord, that you'd be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for our sister Jasmine. Lord, we thank you for all the projects coming. Lord, we know that in his, in his heart, a man, a woman plans their way, but it's you who establishes our steps. Uh, but Lord, we also know that the Proverbs say, a, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Uh, so Lord, I pray that uh, Jasmine would be able to see uh, desires fulfilled. These books coming out in February, the Young Readers Edition, the other one about shame and grace. Lord, we pray that you would multiply these efforts that your people might be built up. Uh, Lord, as Jasmine turns to having even just her own office hours and the pressures of writing and producing, Lord, we pray that she would remember that before she's an author, she's your daughter, that you love her. Uh, you can't love her anymore. And Lord, we thank you for the ways she is helping the church, Lord, and churches around um, this country and this world help one love one another better, help their members love each other better. Lord, we pray that we would all be attendant to the kind of history of those who have gone before us, that we might learn, that we might uh, emulate everything good about them, Lord, and reject everything bad that either they did or the things that happened to them. Uh, Lord, even as Jasmine was sharing about that sister who encountered racism, uh, Lord, in all these unique ways. Father, uh, we pray, Father, that we would be more faithful to what you've called us to do. Lord, we pray that uh, Jasmine would continue to be a honest and humble light, as she has so clearly been. Lord, help us not to occupy ourselves with things too lofty or too wonderful for us, Lord, but to do the work you've given us to do while it is still day. Father, we thank you for the fellowship we share in Christ. We thank you for this call and for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Friends, thank you so much for listening. We will post links to Jasmine's work in our show notes and follow our social media feeds to have a chance to win some of them. Uh, as always, you can find more about our work at youwepray.com. Grace and peace. Pray.